Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by returning guests Elena Chmielewski and Riley Soliner. Hello, hello. Elena. Hello. hello, Riley. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Jumped the gun there. I'm just so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> also, I got some big news. Uh-oh. I'm Elena Soliner now. Whoa! You ditched the... Long eleven Lost. letter last I name. Gonna, <laughs> I wasn't going to uh, say it, but <laughs> well, I always, I always call you Elena Doe, mm-hmm. which that's my business name. Oh, that's because I was yeah. It's also your email. Mm-hmm. I think you're in my phone as that as well. Nice. Wow, just dropping all sorts of news on the podcast. <laughs> news to me. <laughs> I was really shocked when she. Uh... When she wanted, when she told me she wanted to take my name, wow! I just didn't really think that highly of myself, <laughs> and I still don't. It's cool. It's great. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, or you could just be um, Riley and his wife, Mister Riley style. Solomon yeah. and yeah. Mrs. Riley Solomon Gilligan yeah. style. Oh my God! So this week we are traveling to September 26, 1966. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf ruled the box office. Uh, cherished by the association, topped the charts, and CBS aired the Gilligan's Island episode "Pass the Vegetables, Please." Elena and Riley, you must have seen "Pass the Vegetables, Please" before today. Can't say that I. No. I missed it. Yep, never seen it. Missed it. How familiar are y'all with Gilligan's Island? I was surprised that when the theme song played, I knew every word. Although yep. it's a very recognizable song. Yep. But I got flashbacks to having watched a lot of it to the point where I was surprised that you said it was only three seasons because yeah. I feel like it was ubiquitous on TV. It is three seasons, but like 98 episodes. Oh. Every season it's like 36 episodes, 30 episodes. Like it's a, there's a lot. a lot. So it is almost like five seasons worth of television. Yeah. yeah. Just I remember great. watching it on an awful lot. Yeah. I never watched it. I never, I feel like it's one of those things where I'm so familiar with the tropes because of yeah. how often it's parodied or something yeah. or referenced in something else 
But I'd never watched an episode the whole way through. I have only seen a couple of episodes the whole way through. Because I feel like it wasn't on Nick at Night when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, it was still in that, like, it was rerun on, like, TBS or Mm -hmm. WGN. Like, it was still on normal, like, not even cable. It was still being rerun probably on networks. Yeah, we didn't have cable, and I would see it pretty often. And Nick at Night was kind of, like, the home that shows would go to after they've run the course of, like, being on, like, ABC on Saturdays at 2 p.m. or something. They would go to Nick at Night. Uh, So I feel like when Nick at Night hit, when Gilligan's Island crash-landed on Nick at Night, I wasn't watching it. But, like, just because I'm a person that exists... I know every word of the theme song. I can name all seven characters. <laughs> I know all the tropes. I could probably... I feel like we could all write a Gilligan's Island spec script. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Even before watching this. Mm-hmm. Like, we yeah. know... Like, it's just that simple and basic and just as ingrained in pop culture. And that... the characters are such archetypes. Oh, God, yeah. So, wait. So, who would Without everyone be? Are you more of a, like, a, a lovey lo- or a, a professor? I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm, I'm Gilligan all the way. <laughs> I don't want to work. I'm bad at working. But make, everybody makes you do yeah, it Yeah, you're going to make me do it anyway, and I'm going to show you, look, you shouldn't let me do this don't trust now me I'm doing this. a bad job. And now the skipper is covered in water for the third time yeah. in God. 20 minutes. Yeah, jeez. They love getting him dirty. Yeah. Oh, can I say one more thing about uh, what I know about this oh, show? Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to shoehorn this into every point that we make. Uh, <laughs> which is, and I haven't seen this documentary, but I, I saw the trailer. Oh, yes. A, I just I tried to do some reading about it, but yeah, yeah. There's a trailer for a documentary. It looks really, uh, really impressive. It's uh, it's about how the writer of Gilligan's Island made the Sherwood show. Sherwood like, Schwartz. Oh, what's his name? Sherwood Schwartz. Sherwood Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. You know Sherwood Schwartz. He uh, <laughs> he uh, made the show as kind of an allegory for communism, how communism yeah. can work in society, and so every character is a different uh, allegorical archetype for you know, capitalism or the rich or the workers or the government. And that's as far as I know. I tried to do the math in my head I was watching as I was watching and I didn't take that it many makes notes. It, it makes it sound deep when you hear like Gilligan's oh, Island yeah. is an allegory for communism then you watch an episode and it's like they eat radioactive vegetables yeah. and get superpowers. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. that's a very bare bones. It did strike me how abruptly the episode ended. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't, I guess... I wasn't satisfied. <laughs> and it ended on a joke that had to do with the antidote, not with the problem. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't feel like you're getting closure to what the setup was. You're just getting closure to what the aftermath yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, the answer to your question is yeah, the who, professor. Who, I would be the professor. Okay, you're I professor love being like, Fields. Well, here's why that is like <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. And I would go crazy and lose sleep if there were something I couldn't figure out about what was going on. Oh, man. On. See, I want to say, like, I want to dress like the millionaire. Oh, totally. I, I love literally everything he wears in this episode. <laughs> I want to recreate all of those looks, uh, but I'm definitely not him. <laughs> I feel like I probably have, like, skipper temper, <laughs> uh, professor knowledge, uh, Maybe some like just good old sweetness, like a like a Marianne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a weird Frankenstein. I'm just cobbled. <laughs> I'm all seven. Wow, I dig it. Can't We're, it's rare. All of us contain multitudes of Gilligan characters. It's inside yeah. of us. We're all 
we're all the different characters at different times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think feel a little ginger sometimes. Yeah. When I'm feeling myself, mm-hmm. I'm feeling my oats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're going to be talking about the Gilligan's Island episode, Pass the Vegetables, Please. It's the third episode of season three and was written by Elroy Schwartz and directed by Leslie Goodwins, plural. Here's how Amazon describes the episode Gilligan finds radioactive seeds, which he plants, and which produce vegetables with a very unusual effects. Elena and Riley, how accurate is that description? Quite accurate. Very accurate, yeah. That no. is it. You almost yeah. don't have to see it. No. <laughs> In fact, don't. No. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure if this show was going to be like cheeky enough or if this was like far enough in time for there to be like a like a uh, dreaded pot episode. Oh yeah, I that it was almost be, sounded I like it was what this could have been. Oh, like they were all gonna get like a little high. too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it is a metaphor. Like maybe this is a metaphor for how communism interacts with like legalization of substances, and it makes you see better and stronger. Yeah, but yeah. it could kill you. So I don't know. It might have been just straight up radiation. Yeah, uh, I think it was. If I this might if there were some end game to writing this episode. I think it was to maximize practical effects. Yeah. I think they want order like, <laughs> let's have some fun. We're gonna get these bubble tubes. We're gonna have this <laughs> these wires levitating the skipper. We're gonna get Gilligan to lift up a big log. Yeah. And we're gonna, we're have... gonna have monster carrots and oh, rings oh, of oh, corn. Yeah. So let's talk about the theme song. Okay. Because we already okay. talked about like you already know all the words. Mm-hmm. I I wish that more shows had theme songs like this. Maybe Which that's a controversial. Like, here's the whole Here's the whole premise of like, why I, the show exists. I think there is a pilot episode of Gilligan's Island. I don't, but it's just like you don't even need one. You like the very first the episode, theme song is the pilot. The theme song is the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you don't. That's a good, mm. good strategy. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I, that's a great. I always beat up on myself for like not writing a pilot. Yeah, just write a theme just song. Just write a theme the song. Write and then, an, an episode two. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need. There we go. Because it really like it gives you all the. I do like that in season one. The end of it is like the um, J- the movie star and it's like and the rest. Like the end of it is and the rest mm-hmm. instead of going to Professor and Marianne. It's and the rest. Whoa, that's like weird. they they didn't even. Think of like cramming those other two names right, in. Stay later. with me. <laughs> that is an allegory for how society treats the scientific community, the, the brains and the and, and the, the women and women. They're the backbone of the solution to the problems within every episode, <laughs> and yet they don't even get a mention in the theme song. They have to work twice as hard to get a mention in season two of three. There you go. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. That trailer made me smart. <laughs> Or eating um, some... Wait, what are the vegetables that make your brain better? Radioactive walnuts. There you go. Yeah. Or radioactive salmon. We never found out... Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, So the the episode begins with Gilligan. He's fishing. This is... It looks like... So all that's done is shot on the soundstage. Like, very painfully, clearly. Very, like this very is a, clear. These are, all these plants are fake, like yeah. plastic. But when they are at they the do beach... the water part. When yeah. they're at the beach, it looks like there is natural sunlight on them. So I am wondering and if the there is, like, a like back a lot. Like, if there's, like, a back lot that they would use that had, like, a little pond area, maybe? Because it's funny. When they cut to the B-roll of, like, the tropical islands and tropical waters the water is blue but when they were fishing it was so clearly a brown lake water yes yeah it was not the same water that we see when we're seeing from their point of view 
So Gilligan is fishing, and then a skipper comes and, of course, wants to fish, too. And then we get a good old-fashioned Skipper Gilligan mess around. This is one of the only notes I took down, (laughs) and I'm very happy about it. Foot in a bucket. (laughs) One of the classic slapstick (laughs) scenarios. And I've really never seen it. It's just kind of something that gets It's a cartoon thing, mostly. Like, I feel like you would see, like, a Bugs Bunny thing, or, like... You're walking, you hit like a rake and it hits you in the face. Skipper like he was full on walking around with a foot on yeah. it, in his butt, yeah. well, no, with a bucket on his foot. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. It's a really, it's a really, uh, it's a good physical comedy bit. Yeah. Um, which is kind of all this show is good for. Is that, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm a communist now. I've been converted <laughs> in 20 minutes. Uh, I also wanted to point out what is the vibe? Like, what is the energy? Between Skipper and Gilligan. It's very, to me, it's very dad and, like, doofus son. Okay. That's, okay. I get the vibe where it's like, I I want you to do everything and I want to take the credit. But also I do expect a lot from you because I think you need it to get on in life when we yeah. get back on land. As a communist, I will say, <laughs> um, seems a little manipulative. Oh. You know? I yeah. think... Uh, Skipper wants it both ways, you know? He wants to praise and educate Gilligan while also taking advantage of him and not giving him everything he needs Yeah, and demanding too much from him and not expecting enough from him. That is that is a weird point of this episode where, where Skipper literally says, like, I want you to do this because I want you to have, like, the tools to, like, live in life or something. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't think that is actually that character game. No, I think that I is think just in this episode. Excited. Just to get him to do something. <laughs> yeah. That's just coercion. I get a real strong Bert and Ernie vibe from the two of them. <laughs> yeah. like, like grumpy best friend. Well, like sexless, like sexless marriage. Like uh, frustrated, totally like asexual. Like, and none. they do share the same they, hut and they're... And they also don't really seem to inter. They almost they almost seem to primarily interact with each other, Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they kind of have a lot of private moments, and then bring it to the rest of the group. It's very, it's very, it's a really. So it is like a weird father son like cohabitating partners kind Mm of weirdness vibe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm wondering if you go on to like Tumblr and search Gilligan's Island if there is a lot of you know. Red and blue slash fake out there. Or Absolutely. Something. I wonder. I just don't think like there's a mutual respect between Bert and Ernie. I'll say that <laughs> yeah, I don't there... feel between these two. No, definitely not. There's no, I think a this is the dark side. This well, is this a... is a much more dire situation than just hanging out on Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, you know, this is survival. Yeah. Also, we realized that Gilligan might not be Gilligan's name because. They only call Gilligan Gilligan the way they only call Skipper Skipper. And Professor Professor. And Skipper, we don't know what Skipper's name is. We don't know what Professor's name is. is and Gilligan... Mrs. Howell's name oh, is just Lovey. Yeah. And we never find out her first name for 98 episodes, as far as I know. We've only yeah. watched the one. I need all the Gilligan hotheads to get my mentions and mm-hmm. let me know what the professor's name is, mm-hmm. what Gilligan's whole name or first or last name is. Right. Is he like John Gilligan? Ginger Grant so clearly said her name. She's like, yeah, when Ginger yeah. Grant gets back to the real world. <laughs> okay, and we don't that's, miss inten- her. that's intentional. She's the celebrity. Yeah. yeah oh, and she's the rich one. But Marquis. The rich that people. clout. Because it's Mr. Something. What is Marianne's Howell? last name? Thurston Howell III. Thurston Howell III. Miss Thurston Howell III. That's such a good name, too. Thurston mm-hmm. Howell III. That's, that's yeah, a good Marianne- name. Yeah, Marianne. 
Maybe they mention her last name, but not in this episode. So Gilligan thinks that he's reeling in some fish. It turns out that he's actually reeling in a crate full of seeds. He's got a great joke about... That's a fish. must come packed in cans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so he's like, oh, there's, you know, there's... Yeah, cucumber seeds, spinach seeds, carrot seeds. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Truffle. Uh, There's a whole lot of truffle talk. Yeah, sugar beets, truffle talk. Um, But he never notices that the top of the crate says experimental radioactive seeds. Very (laughs) Very, clearly, very clearly, very big, very clearly, (laughs) and he doesn't clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is seaweed on the top of the crate. Everywhere but the the letters. Yeah, this was right there. Yeah. Uh, so they're all super excited because apparently, well, you asked, like, what have they been eating this entire time? It's mm-hmm. a season three. So they've now been on this island for, you know, 64, 65 adventures at this point. You know, so this is like a full, you know, a year. They've been on this island for a while. Mm-hmm. I guess they've just been eating fruit and coconuts. Yeah, maybe yeah. spearing fish. Yeah. Maybe there's some wild game on the island. But I, definitely not, definitely not. What we know of as vegetables. Oh, did they did a real Gilligan's Island show at one point? Survivor. What? <laughs> no, I think that they. I think they actually did a show or tried to do a show where they literally cast like a professor, a movie star, a farm girl. Like they actually tried. Oh no! I love this <laughs> idea. I think I, I remember. I don't know if this is a bit I had in college. I or, love this idea. But I think that like Fox. It sounds like a Fox reality show that would happen like right after Survivor. Yeah, I think that yeah, exists. Yeah. I think that there was, and I don't think it was a success. Doesn't sound like <laughs> it was a success. We'd still be watching it today, like yeah. Survivor. Also, like, what movie star would you get for that? Like, that's a uh... movie star, mm. whatever level that Ginger Grant was in her day. She was on a level. She was a big deal, right? As a movie star. That's what they want to make us think. I think they want to make us think. So they start deciding, like, well, now we're so excited that we're going to have all these, you know, vegetables. We've got to actually start, you know, planting them. Got to get it going. Sowing the seeds, reaping, tilling the soil. Yeah. I know nothing about farming. But luckily Marianne does. Mm -hmm. She's Uh, from Kentucky. There was a really funny... Well, it was not funny. I, I You gotta put an asterisk and I say every time I say funny. <laughs> and there's a bit where, where Gilligan's like, Skipper's already over at the table with a napkin stuck in his shirt mm-hmm. because they're like taking so long to get the seeds planted. The Permian's like, does he not know? Like, that food is not gonna be ready. Right. That food's not gonna be ready for a like... Or it was just a good Gilligan joke. Yeah, is that yeah. Gilligan being wittier than we uh, give him credit for? Yeah. Credit? We That's kind of how I had that first reaction, and then I went, oh, that was a funny Gilligan joke. Yeah. But then again, I'm like, on the Gilligan's Island reality, it might only take a couple of days. Or, but it's better that we can find out the radioactive seeds, these things grow. Three days later. Super fast. Oh, as a communist, by the way, I just want to point out the one communist thing Gilligan said in this episode. <laughs> Found it. Um, when he's talking to the millionaires. And, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're so excited about the sugar beets and you know getting to eat them, and they were so repulsed by the idea of doing anything. Like, like they don't, the Howell doesn't get his hands dirty or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and Gilligan oh. just goes, Mrs. Howell, if you really want sugar beets, well, I do, I do, I just adore them. Well, we all have to pitch in then. Oh well, I intend to do my part. I assure you. Good, dig, plant, water, fertilizer, pick. Which would you rather do? Eat. <laughs> and Gilligan just goes, well, you know, if you want to eat them, you got to pitch in. Yeah, that's it. That was it. That is the message, guys. Converted. Boom. I'm voting for... I guess I'm not voting. Because I'm a communist <laughs> now. I communist vote. I, is there... 
You have a lot to learn about. I do. Area. I got to. I got to keep going with this. <laughs> you can start with socialism, right? You could vote for. A, I will start there yeah. and then quickly. Um, I think, uh, you know, who who would all seven of the Gilligan's Island people vote for in the twenty twenty election? Oh, mm-hmm. millionaires are voting for Trump. Unless they're unless they're I feel Hollywood like they, millionaires. I feel like they. I don't know what kind of millionaires they are. I feel like they don't vote. But I feel like they, they definitely seem have opinions. Very disconnected from everything. Yeah, I don't think they care. <laughs> Her eyebrows were wild. She just had no eyebrows and just drew them on super high, like, like a, drag a drag queen. queen. Yeah, <laughs> missed that. Also, Lovey Howell, great drag name. Mm-hmm. Please welcome to the stage, Lovey Howell, or Mrs. Thurston Howell the Third mm-hmm. is also a great yeah. drag name. Ugh, Thirsty Howell the Third. That could be yeah. one of my drag names. Mm-hmm. So we get to see them like plowing or t- are we tilling. They're plowing the field and tilling the soil, which mm-hmm. they're doing because Gilligan, like they've rigged up some sort of like raining system with like. He's got a like, bone in his mouth. He's got a what bone. Animal it's a, what, get that it's bone like from. a harness. It's, it's like an axle for when yes. oxen do it. Yeah. Well, and there's like, and, and Skipper's straight up treating him like a horse. To the point where, like, Skipper wants to communicate him as he would with a horse and Instead not with of just words. Yeah, <laughs> which is again very degrading. Whether or not that is your son or your lover or your friend, mm-hmm. it's just, it's degrading to treat anyone yeah, like it's that. Just, yeah, it was just suspect. That was a weird scene. I did not feel good about it. No, we also find out that Gilligan was digging with the with the top of the crate again. Like he's oh, interacting yeah. with it again mm-hmm. and doesn't see the. Radioactive and the cut to commercial break was Gilligan walking away, leaving it on a rock, very much just facing yeah. the camera for a good two seconds. It's very much like, guys, we get it. We know. Okay. Do you think it's one of those situations where Gilligan is not only a communist, but also aware that he is in a television show? Oh, that would be a good twist. And so, you know, he's just, quote, unwittingly propping up the uh, the radioactive crates. I could- Sign. I could see that being a gag in an episode of Gilligan's Island at one point. Gilligan was just like looking at the audience and being like, no, no. Like, I was just thinking that. Is that the way that, what's his name, Bob Denver? Yeah. The way Bob Denver plays Gilligan, I know he's never looking directly into the camera, but so many of his moves and line deliveries feel like he's like, can you believe this guy? Yeah. Or can you believe this is happening? The original John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the original office. It feels very much like that. Was this show filmed in front of a live studio? No, audience? no, okay. no. This, well, and that's kind of a trend of most all 60s sitcoms were mm-hmm. shot on sound stages with actual canned laughter added on. So, like, the 50s was shot in front of a live audience. 60s is mostly not, like, Bewitched, I Dream of Genie. Uh, get smart. All those shows were not, and then the seventies was mostly in front of an audience. All in the family, Mary Tyler Moore. Um, and really, I think really maybe the sixties is the only decade where things were not shot in front of a live audience. Like eighties, nineties, always shot in front of a live mm-hmm. audience. So people always think it isn't. Mm-hmm. So I when I wrote down that they just keep dumping stuff on Skipper. Like so many of the jokes in this are just dumping things. Out. Are just like the beginning of it is he gets like a foot in a bucket, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of dirt when they're tilling the land or whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets like a bunch of, and then there's this the bit sand. with the water, with the water bucket, mm-hmm. and then he turns the tables on Gilligan, and basically gives Gilligan a pregnancy belly. Yeah, he pours water down water. his shirt. Yeah, water stays in his shirt. Yeah, it doesn't even get it wet because it when they cut to a wide shot, it does not disperse shirt. to the sides no. or the back of the it's shirt. Just all stays in the front. In the front. <laughs> it's like Gilligan's uh, what Vogue Demi Moore cover or whatever because oh, he's like yeah, cradling, he's cradling his 
<laughs> and he doesn't even look that upset about it. Well, he looks a little... He, he's got this weird... I feel like season three, he's dejected. used to it. He's yeah. like, no. I know. So to... Is there an episode where he just snaps? He goes, I've, I've had it! I'm sick of being pushed around! Well, there's two quick things. You know what dynamic that makes me think of? Homer and Bart. I think okay, they're very yeah. Homer and Bart. Oh, that also makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And then two... Is my memory of the episodes I've seen as a child, Skipper does that way more often. Like, he has his, it's like a three count. Like, one, two, three accidental ones. And then he reaches that boiling point every episode and does a bigger thing to Gilligan. Oh, God. That's that's a very unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. It's really, I mean, try, you know, I don't know. Because it's like accident, accident, very aggressively on purpose. It does... It's a. Is it time for a gritty reboot of Gilligan, where there's a little bit of profanity and everyone's, you know, uh, got a po- knife. Everyone's got a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Someone isn't getting off of this island yeah. alive. I'd be so mad if I was on an island stuck there with uh, these people. I know. I would not. I mean, if I was there, I would hang out with the professor and Marianne. Because they seem to hang out the most. Mm-hmm. Like, they're off. I don't really know who Ginger's hanging out they're with. They're the ones thinking rationally. She was barely yeah. in this episode. She, she was. just at the communal dinner. Yeah. Also, to that end, so they've been there, let's say, a year, 60-some episodes yeah. in. And Professor hasn't learned to not use science speak in front of Skipper and Gilligan. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he speaks, they <laughs> English, ask him please. to repeat yeah. it in a way they understand. So it's like... You don't have to prove anything to these people anymore. They know you're the smartest dude. <laughs> and they Just also kind of don't care. <laughs> we need to eat soap now instead of, I need hydrochloric acid or yeah. whatever. You know what? That, again, as a communist, <laughs> I got to say, that's science. That's the scientific community refusing to dumb it down for the people. And then there's a culture clash there. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> Anyway, anybody, <laughs> you out there, email Brett White. Let him know that makes sense. Email me. Yeah. Um, this is when we get the vegetables growing, which I wrote on my notes. Gross AF. Circled it a bunch huh. because they know that like the spinach is already grown. Everything's already grown. They pull out what I guess is a carrot, and it has like it's like four prong. And they say like I've never seen anything like this before. Except on a cow. That's very funny. I liked that. It is funny, and it's also like the show is pointing out, like, yeah, this carrot looks like fucking udders. Like, that is, and then, like, the cucumbers are huge. Huge. The corn is in a circle, like a steering wheel. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh, it just skeeved me. That grosses you out? It was weird to me. The string beans were in a pretzel, (laughs) but before they said they were string beans or a pretzel, I thought it would have been a good garlic knots joke. Oh, yeah. garlic knots. If they had been like garlic scapes in a knot. That would have been missed good. an opportunity there. So they have a feast. And oh, you know what? It's so course. sweet. It's so sweet seeing them all, all like, gathered eat around together. Like, all gather on yeah. the table. After the women have prepared the food. <laughs> which is a point that they like make of like. What do they say? Marianne will like. Clean Gilligan, it they'll till it. Will cook it. Like, Marianne will like plant it. The professor will like grow or something. Ginger will cook Ginger it. Ginger will and cook will it. Host the dinner party. Yeah. Me being the rich people. Mm-hmm. The rich people will host. So they're all, and they're all like passing the food around. And then they make the point of like, why don't, I now realize this was the script writer. This was what, um, Eli Schwartz, Elroy, Elroy Schwartz, or whatever, underlining the powers they were all going to get. Mm-hmm. Cause 
I've never heard this ever at a communal dinner of like... Since we all seem to have our favorite vegetables, let's move them near us. Spinach next to me. Oh, the carrots, please. Oh, I just love beets. I want the beets. I don't want the And they made such an explicit point of that. Yeah. And Marianne's like, I will take the carrots. I, I will, will take, take the, the sugar beets. Like, it just happened so quickly, though, yeah. that he barely had time to... And they've established that, that Mr. Howell's favorite food was the mushrooms earlier, I think, but he grabbed the artichokes. Yeah, and also they didn't even... Oh. I wanted to see... So then... So basically, then they all get powers. I, I, I'll jump around a little bit, but I wanted to see all seven of them get powers. But we yeah, only see... very mm-hmm. Marianne gets enhanced sight from eating the radioactive uh, carrots. Mm-hmm. Gilligan in super, gets super strength by eating the radioactive spinach... A Popeye reference. Mm-hmm. Go, gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> Sailor Man. Lovey. Yeah. And then Lovey Howell gets like super speed from eating all the sugar beans. But they just said energy. Yeah. They didn't even apply they super said, well, speed. They said, well, sugar is energy, so... And, and then, then they cut to her, her cleaning. So while they're eating all this food is when they hear on the radio... like Every, I think he said something about seeds. The vegetable seeds were in a small wooden crate and individually packaged. These radioactive seeds are of an experimental nature and considered dangerous. The box is clearly labeled Danger, Experimental, Radioactive. On the chance they did not fall overboard, anyone finding them or knowing anything about them, please contact the Agricultural Department in Hawaii. Let me repeat, the seeds are radioactive and considered extremely dangerous. Now back to our program of cheery daytime tunes. Uh, so then they're like, the crate is explicitly labeled radioactive of seeds. And then they're all like, well, that didn't have, you know, what right. a lid. And it was it, basically it was basically them eating, and it was short of all the uh, food just falling out of their mouths yeah. as they're talking. Like, oh, no. <laughs> they all had the realization at the same time. Wait, is that when they fainted and got... No, that's later. That was later. Yeah. yeah, okay. So Gilligan holds up like, well, that, where's the lid? He's like, well, I made it to the bench. And he holds it up. And I think you point out while we were watching Elena, the he's... He holds it up, and on the bottom of it is where the text is. Mm-hmm. And where he had to have hammered in the legs into yeah. the bench. So he had to have been facing the words <laughs> when he made the bench. I Maybe figured it out. Gilligan can't read. Gilligan can't read. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah. Or he only knows how to hammer, like, oh, like, it's so loud I have to close my eyes or something. Yeah. <laughs> like he says, like, a sensory thing. He is a cartoon character. He is such a cartoon character. Uh so yeah, so they they find out like this one. The presser finds out that you know eating the radioactive things might kill them, and they all like have a faint reaction. And then they all lay down, and then the presser goes, "Oh no, we're doing it right." <laughs> dumb can I be? Dumb? Well, you're the smartest man I ever knew. How can I be so stupid? Of all the dumb, well, Professor, don't call yourself dumb just because you can't find a cure for this d- disease. We're doing the wrong thing. Lying still could kill us. We should be moving around. Such that's idiot. such a that's a long scene. That read to me of like we gotta extend this episode. It was a weird he killer. Kept, he said like I'm so stupid, and then Skipper's like, "Oh, you're what? What's wrong? Yeah, like I'm such an idiot." Time. That was really weird. It was so long just for the buildup of and they went, we, we need to run around. Late. We need to be up on our feet. Here it is. <laughs> and then another filler was just Marianne running back and forth for truly no reason. Yeah. Before she was finally like, "There's a ship." Oh right. Oh, yeah. that was. Yeah, that, that was, was a very long, long time. Because it's a... so funny they had so much crammed into the episode, and then they had these long stretches where, like, oh, they could have easily 
Yeah. Cut that down to like explain what's going on. Or give I'd us more powers. Mrs. Yeah, I'd rather watch Mrs. Howell run around longer or you just see, see more so powers. So the professor ate the radioactive mushrooms, oh, so which did. gave him more, not only more scientific knowledge, but also crippling self-doubt made, yeah. made him call himself an idiot. That was, that's a, that's a, that I'm going to get some kind of metaphor for uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if the, if Howell like artichokes, <laughs> what, what did radioactive artichokes do to him? What would we think? Like give him like hard, like super tough skin? But that's not what... Wait, who they, ate them? The millionaire. Didn't the millionaire he say the artichokes? artichokes yeah, he were... And so, but the weirder thing was they made a point of finding the actual scientific name. They were like, the beta carotene in the carrots make your eyes better. Yeah. And then whatever in the spinach makes you stronger. Yeah. And the sugar in the beets is energy. Yeah. So I feel like they just didn't want to dig any deeper. Which, I mean, like, they don't the have Wikipedia. Component parts of It's like, we only got artichokes. these books of the encyclopedia. We don't have the A. <laughs> So, like, we're not gonna mess with this. And also, like, what does corn do? We don't know, really. Like, it's specific thing, the way we know a specific kind yeah. of thing. I feel like the writers of the episode were like, uh, guys, uh, bad news, Monsanto has come in, and uh, they really want us to uh, <laughs> not mention anything about uh, the, the science behind artichokes or sugar beets, so we're just gonna kind of yeah, just past yeah. that. Leave corn alone. Yeah, we can't corn talk about good. corn. Oh, boy. So yeah, Ginger like gets enhanced sight. She thinks that she well, she sees a boat way far oh, away. Oh yeah, Marianne. Ginger again is not in this episode. In this episode, hardly at all. Almost at all. <laughs> uh, the, the first time we see Ginger was during the thing where the camera cuts to her. She just smiles for her, and then it cuts back, and she doesn't have she's a line. Not, and, and I thought so, she might not have any lines yeah, at all, and she just wasn't in that episode. Yeah. And it was a body double. And then she talks, yeah. but not much. So Marianne sees a ship very far away, and they start, like, the professor and Skipper start making a fire to signal to the ship. After At first they, they don't believe her, because they don't yeah. see the ship until she says she sees a book that the professor knows is a half mile away, yeah. and she can read what's on the page. Also, and it's also a scientific equation that she wouldn't know, right, exactly. so now he believes her that she sees it. <sighs> Also, man, you build your house a half mile away from everyone else. Weird choice. I mean, I don't know. Part of me is like, maybe you want the privacy, but that's also a long hike. Mm-hmm. Or he just left it on a hill. Right, get their get Because she said it's on the hill. Yeah. That's the elitist scientific community, again, being secretive and secluded from the rest <laughs> of society. All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, so that so the, the boat leaves, and then we get the super strength section... Where they're like, Gilgan, go get some firewood, and he goes and he finds, like, a giant, like, log, a tree, mm, and he a just picks tree. it up. Yeah. Uh, he rips off all... Is that we get the scene of um, Gilligan basically doing push-ups with a lounge chair and skipper yeah. it. Lifting it up, yeah. Over his head. Yeah, he's, he's just, like, lifting it up like, over his head, very, up. like, a hulk. Uh, and you can see the strings, clearly. Very clearly. Yeah. And even where the wire is attached to... Yeah. They just... There's so many things they could have cropped out if they had better monitors. And it's also... I mean, like, if we had watched this in here on my 1985 Zenith, we definitely would not have seen all of that, which is kind of the fun of watching it on uh, Amazon Prime via IMDb, IMDb, like, free dive or whatever that service was. I did not know existed until today. Which played commercials in Gilligan's Island. That's true. So we got to watch Mazda and Panera Bread commercials. We saw so many 
flaws in the practical effects because yeah. of the quality of the this, television. This that... is why watching the 66 Batman show is so great on Blu-ray. Oh, really? Because you can just see all of the... In- it makes it even better because it makes it even campier. Cool. Because, like, you can see Joker's mustache. They just painted white over it. Wow. Which, I never could notice that as a kid, but as an adult, like, it's just such a funny touch. Of, like, Cesar so Romero's like, I'm not off. shaving my... I'm most known for my mustache. <laughs> I'm Cesar Romero. I'm not shaving this. And they just paint it over. And you can see, like, a lot of the sets are just big black rooms. Like, it is it is just yeah. great. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that is, like, you can just see the strings. Uh, they are like, well, what did Lo- Lovey eat? The beats. Then we get the super speed scene, which was great. Very, very fun scene. <clears throat> Where she is cleaning super fast. It's also clearly a body double because she's wearing this big hat. Like I, a it, bell hat. Yeah, it's a... Bright blue. It looked like a fucking, like, Whoville hat. Like, she looked like and a they Whoville. never show her face <laughs> no. once. I was but they show a... Mr. Howell just sitting there going, Chloe, slow down. I'm exhausted just watching you. <laughs> and it shows her, like, cutting back and forth in front of him, but never her face. Yeah. I was getting a Requiem for a Dream vibes. Ah. Same cleaning mm-hmm. thing. Time yeah. lapse. Is there a lot of, uh... Are there any? Is there any drug metaphors? Like, do any drugs give you super eyesight? Super eyes. Well, you know, that's, carrot. Yeah, that's the one that they did. Yeah, super eyes. Ketamine. Oh, like real life yeah, like drugs. Real. I was like, wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's basically like she's on speed, you know. She, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we don't get to see what happens to the other four, and they all ate those vegetables. So in theory. They They're all living all, some crazy reality. They should all have super strength, super speed. Not necessarily. So if we're going back to science, mm. those three vegetables might be the only ones that have okay. concentrations of things that once they're made, once you use radioactive yeah. means to them, actually, and that's maybe what they were testing with those seeds, is which ones have effects and which ones don't. And you might need to eat a lot of them, so if you have, like, just a little bit of the carrots, maybe you're not going to get, but since uh, Marianne loves carrots... And that's all she ate, because even Gilligan said this is my third helping of spinach. Right, yeah. Man, I so my favorite food is Tex-Mex food, mm. and I'm really un- uncomfortable with what radioactive Tex-Mex food would do to me. <laughs> <laughs> what the, superpower would I get? The smelliest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spice. Maybe maybe I would breed fire. There you go. Maybe that. Yeah. Not so not useful. That could be useful. Could, uh... What do you do in Texas? You crack a bull whip? <laughs> I could wear real tight jeans. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> could uh, rodeo real good. Uh, if your favorite food had radioactive superpowers, what would it give you? Most likely. What do you think? Well... Wow. I don't know, ice cream would make me super sleepy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She could sleep with the best of them. <laughs> the deepest of sleeps. I just love, um, you know, putting a raspberry on the tip of my finger, you know? <laughs> and I feel like if I could have ten radioactive raspberries, one on each tip, um, maybe I could, you know, like claw people with them and they wouldn't yeah. break or I could eat them and then oh, maybe you your know, fingertips would so... just grow raspberries oh, I would love Ooh. that yeah. I would love that oh, see that seems also like wait no that is an episode of Lost in Space there's an episode of Lost in Space what where they either turn into vegetables or there's a talking carrot man and they eat themselves they might they might oh. 
It's also on Hulu, guys. Find that episode. It is <laughs> insane. <laughs> so this is uh, when they find out that there is a cure. The cure is eating soap. It's plant-based fat. And this is where there was a some concentrated amount of, of plant, plant they, fat. Plant fat. They've clearly established that they have so many coconuts on the island, and one of the even now in yeah. the grocery stores most concentrated methods of eating plant fat is eating coconut. Oh, really? Okay. For that's us, actual. Oh, that's actually true. Co- coconuts and avocados. Because there's a whole coconut bit in this where like Skipper's asking Gilligan to hand him a coconut, and Gilligan mm-hmm. keeps like cracking them it, like easily. Then he like throws one, and it just goes straight through the. Yeah, that, that was not an impressive demonstration of the super strength. No. Throwing a coconut <clears throat> through some grass. It no. was not. Come on. You no, know, I feel like any of us could have done yeah. that. It should have hit the skipper and knocked him over. Yeah. Which, not yeah, it should have just gone clean through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but then Professor's solution for some reason, unless it's like a compound, because he kept saying hydro something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not hydrochloric but like something. Mm-hmm. And, um,. So he goes, we have to eat the soap we've been making. And maybe on the show it's very established that they've been making, making soap, soap on this, this island. Time. And that's like, their, like, every other episode club soap skill. Scene. <laughs> but to us it was like, oh, yeah, the soap you've been making. I guess you got to eat it now. It was also frustrating <laughs> that they were eating soap with coconuts right there on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. They're drinking <clears throat> coconut you, water out of coconuts. If you eat coconuts, you don't get the funny bubble gag. And we got a oh, great... So they so because they're all eating soap, they're all now talking with bubbles coming out of their mouth, and you can see the hose behind uh, Alan Hale who plays the Skipper. Mm-hmm. And you can like, see one behind Gilligan. Yeah, but it's you know, but maybe you couldn't see it on a 1985 Zenith. Right, Howard over here. Also, the note I wrote down about all this was despite all of the probably true scientific stuff, the professor goes because it. It's a, it's working. It's absorbing the radioactivity. Which he said after looking at something made out of bamboo in front of he him. He just pulled out he just a pulled out a tripod. tripod. Yeah, yeah. It looked like a bamboo tripod. It wasn't connected to anybody's blood levels no. or anything. And he just went, it's working. It's absorbing the radioactivity. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's I do love like all the super science he accomplishes out of coconut and bamboo. Like yeah. literally, it's he's the OG MacGyver. I mean, all of those houses are pretty rad. Like oh, nice. I would stay in an Airbnb that was modeled after a Gilligan's house. Oh yeah, great. It would need to have electricity. I mean, it's got to be a glamping situation. Got to be a Wi-Fi. It's got to be Wi-Fi. I need running water, but like. The walls shouldn't actually be made out of leaves. But, like, I do like a bamboo and leaf Sounds aesthetic. like you want a cabana yeah, okay. on the beach. Okay. Do you live in a cabana? No. no cabana is just, like, what you go just, to. Yeah, but they also... You can sleep in them. I like... Uh, okay. It's a good motif. Where is the... Who owns the rights to Gilligan's Island? And what are they going to do one of those, like, Wizarding Worlds? Oh, yeah. But for Gilligan's oh, Island. that would be nice. I like that. So, at the end of the episode, the, the, uh, the stinger, the pre-credits, the little... But at the end, is Gilligan, like, they're going to bed. Gilligan is still eating soap. Because he, li- he likes he the taste. taste. You, you know what? Go for it. Uh, and Skipper's like, hey, are you are you eating soap? And Gilligan starts hiccuping. And then he starts blowing a soap bubble. One tremendously large huge, soap It bubble. looks like the kind of things that are adver- advertised on cable networks of, like, the... Um, the plastic, like, for kids, like, the big, yeah. like, 
glow it bubble was very like much thing. One of those plastic. Yes. Yeah. We like, used to get those as party favors. You blow into a tube and it <clears> creates a really big plastic. Yeah. Bubble. And they don't show Gilligan's face at this point. Like the show is very creepy. Double. It's like over his shoulder from behind. Watching this bubble and this grow. And this giant bubble grow. But you never see it grow. You cut to it three times and, it and it's different even. sizes. And then it explodes with force. And it and you don't see the after aftermath of Gilligan. You just see <laughs> Skipper holds his ears and the camera shakes back yeah. and forth a little mm-hmm. bit like an earthquake. And that's it. Like, that's the end of the episode. Radioactivity cured. Mm-hmm. Everyone's eating soap. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Yeah. Next episode, they put on Hamlet. Right. <laughs> Is that true? I think so, yeah. The one thing that has to be said anytime anybody talks about Gilligan's Island, which we haven't said yet, is established space reality. They're going for a three hour tour. Yet everybody yeah. brought a wardrobe with them. Mm-hmm. They all have multiple changes of clothes. I think that Professor Gilligan and Skipper all wear the same thing every episode, but the other four, the millionaires definitely. And definitely Ginger, that's the whole yeah. thing. I don't think that Marianne they... had four outfits just in this one episode. Oh, that's wild. She did. Mm-hmm. I already for some must-have facts. Yes, please. Yeah. I must have these. Must have. Also, just one more thing. Unlost, it made sense that they wore different clothes because they had their luggage with them and they found it in the aftermath and they could take from other people's luggage who, who didn't survive. I, it also makes me wonder why they had to... I guess three-hour tour sounds better, like, lyrically. Mm-hmm. Because it could have just said, for a cruise. Yeah. Like, that would have explained why they have all like this stuff. Like a really stuff. private like, cruise. Yeah, but I guess three-hour tour is one of the, you know... Three-day cruise. Mm, Maybe yeah. it was three a three-hour tour to the cruise ship. Oh, maybe. That's not That's a cool. bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay. So you must have back. With Gilligan, a skipper too, a millionaire and his wife, the movie star, the professor and Mary Ann, here on Gilligan's Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So the ratings for this specific episode, I don't really know, but I know that for the season, it was not the top 30. It was ranked number 49 for the season. Out of how many? 90? I mean, probably. I mean, this is 1966, probably like 60 shows. I guess, like, I don't know. It's not a lot of shows on the air in 1966, and it was 49th for the season. It was canceled after this season, too. Oh, Gilligan's Island, and not the episode, the whole show itself was right. Yeah, really so for low. that. Gotcha. But I do know the top five shows that aired this week. So number five was The Andy Griffith Show. Mm-hmm. Four was The Red Skelton Show. 
Three was a Bob Hope special. Two was Bonanza. And one was the World Series. Hmm. Damn. Baseball. So, you know. Uh, also, this is much older than I thought it was. Even when you said Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, I did yeah. not realize Gilligan's Island was a contemporary to that. Yeah, and this is also like the last season of Andy Griffith. So it's like season seven of Andy uh, Griffith. So it is like, it's overlapping. Uh, but like season one of Gilligan's Island was in black and white. Wow. And the seasons two and three are in color. Wow. Um, yeah. Which I I don't ever think of that show being in black and white, which is why we did not watch a season one mm-hmm. episode. So the CBS Monday Night lineup, uh, <laughs> Gilligan's Island let it off at 7.30, mm-hmm. which is weird that then prime time is to start at 7.30. Then 8 was a show called Run, Buddy, Run, which I think was a spy show. And then 8.30 was The Lucy Show. 9 was The Andy Griffith Show. 9.30 was Family Affair. 10 was The Gene Arthur Show. And 10.30 was I've Got a Secret. Whoa, what was the secret? You'll have to find out. Oh you have to watch my... Um, Andy Griffith at 9 p.m. feels <clears throat> wild to me because I associate that with being on in the afternoon. That is weird that, like, that's late for kids. Yeah. Kids want to watch that show. It's was Andy that a Griffith. kid's show? It yes, was like was a fan- it just- I associated with being a family show because it's it was fan- so yeah. early. Right. Is it so just maybe that- it wasn't meant to be a kid's show. And it was coming just out. All it television was, just was so TV. simple back then that yeah. everything feels like a kid's show. Gilligan felt like a kid's show right. watching it. Well, I know Family Affair definitely was a kid's show because it actually had two kids in the cast like that were like kid stars that kids loved. So that is weird that it was on so late. It's also, Gilligan's Island is a very weird show in this lineup, too, because, like, Lucy's show, Andy Griffith's show, and Family Affair are, like, normal shows. Mm-hmm. And Gilligan's Island is a, I guess that's why cartoon. it's at 7.30. It's, like, it's a cartoon. That's also probably why it let off the night, because, like, <laughs> also, Gilligan's Island was reviled in its day. Truly? Critics hate Gilligan's Island. Oh. Like, it's one of those, like, this is an example of television dumbing down people. And, I mean, like, I can't. I mean, first of all, I don't... It's the show that taught me about communism. It's How could very, you say that? They just want to hide it from you. I. Uh, so is it like Big Bang Theory? Yeah, kinda? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I can see that, because they're both very archetype-based shows, and the characters... Yeah. Just, the jokes come from their character type, not and from a human decision. Also, uh, the same guy that created uh, Gilligan's Island also created The Brady Bunch. Which is the similar of, like, you know, lowest common denominator, like, super implausible, but also very comforting and fun to watch, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And I would also say that the, you know, the script might be bananas, and the uh, plot might be cuckoo. Performances are pretty solid. Oh, yeah. For what they are. Like, they're, you know, good physical comedy. Who knows how many people Bob Denver inspired? Both with his music and with his physical comedy. Is that the same Bob No, Denver? it's not the same Bob Oh my Bob god, Denver. I John Denver. <laughs> oh wait, oh my god. John <laughs> That's Denver. right, John Denver, Bob Denver. Uh, for Free some speech reason. activist. Yeah. Folk singer. John Denver. Bob Denver, <laughs> I have to say... Are they related? As an That's adult. A, it's very, it's also, to be famous, it's such similar, to, like very close. Yeah. Well, it's like Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian. Right. They are related. They are related. Oh, oh yeah. sorry, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Famously on a TV show about how they're in a family. Nope, never watched. You gotta Me keep either. up with I just them. Know I that. don't. Me I don't. either, and I I've don't understand. It. Obviously, the person that's doing a podcast about 1966 television <laughs> doesn't know much about the Hasn't Kardashians. Kept up with our Kardashians. Outside of what Drag Race teaches me, yeah, and then I feel very too. like out of it when I when they teach me about it. But I was gonna say Bob Denver's performance was very earnest. Yeah. I think 
I thought he was a little hammier, and he was very subtle, and his jokes landed pretty well for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's... It's a very well-performed show. I I was wondering, like, I bet they had fun making this. It I, looks like a fun show to it be looks a like of. But then I'm wondering, you're doing a lot of, like, setup for, okay, get these, like, fucking, like, wires rigged up, hang it. There's probably a lot of downtime, maybe... Mm-hmm. Or they just come in for the next day. Right. It is, it's also not... people have to be there that day. It's not shot in front of an audience. So it is like, we're going to knock out all the Skip, Skipper Gilligan scenes today. Yeah. We're going to do... So that may, might, might help. Ginger only had to show up that one day. She, she didn't like have a superpower. She, yeah, she didn't react to the superpowers. You know, and the set is nice. And, you know, you got the... The bubble machine one day, you get the log the next day. It is day. always something. It's something fun. That and looks fun to be I would love of. to be on this yeah. show. The day that they passed out, they don't show her face, so it could have been a body double for Ginger. Yeah, probably. Because they showed her on the ground. Yeah. Hey, I would have, you know, even if there was a body double, I would have showed up that day just to see what happens. <laughs> you know? Oh. I'm not busy. <laughs> Getting paid. Yeah, there you go. Uh, who would you say... Oh, no. Um, on IMDb, the reason I chose this episode, 121 users gave this an 8.1, which means this is the second highest rated episode of Gilligan's Island. Oh, my God. Excluding season one. I did not check season one's ratings because it was black and white. I knew we weren't going to watch those. In season three, so this, in, is this is the This got an 8.1. Which so there are two episodes... There's an episode in season two that got an 8.3, and there's another one in season three that got an 8.1. So this is, like, tied for the second highest rated episode of Gilligan's Island. Wow. Do you think 8.1, do you think these 121 users are right? Would you go higher or lower? Well, I really have to, I'm going to have to go back and watch some more season three to contrast and compare. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Of television, even what I know about this era, no. <laughs> no, I think that this is a... So I am not up on Gilligan's Island, but I'm very up on Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, which I feel like are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they go further. I think they do more. I think there's a deeper mythology in those. I So I would probably give that, this episode like a 6.9. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's explain 6.9. It's not bad at all. It's 6.5. Just, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I'm giving it a perfect 10, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin the curve. Come on. Who would you Gilligan. say? Again. Who would you say had the must-see performance in this episode? Ooh, Skipper was giving a lot. Like, Skipper you know, was I, 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 was, I was also surprised with, with Gilligan's subtlety. Uh-huh. Skipper, he got his foot stuck in a bucket <laughs> That's all in need. the first two minutes. That... And it, oh, it didn't go downhill from there. It stayed at that <laughs> level. Yeah. What's his name? Alan? Something? Alan Hale. Alan Hale is, it just spends 80% of his time on screen red face. Oh, yeah. Very I would worry about face. his cholesterol. Like, they need a doctor on set just to make sure, like, are you Cool, is your heart fine? I think that's why he made. That's why he reminded me of Homer Simpson. Yeah, he just that's is true. At that yeah. frequency the whole time. He he oscillates between um being giddy 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 or angry 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 because mm-hmm. there's that thing where like Ooh. where where Marianne's like I can see there are two men and the two women in bikinis. Oh, I wish I could see yeah. the women in bikinis. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, but then immediately as soon as anything happens, he's like whoa. Yeah, usually directed at Gilligan. God. Always quick to pour water on him. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that there was no kind of like 
Three Stooges-esque uh, slapstick. Yeah, some like... Some okay. physical violence, it's never you know? back and forth. It's always... In my it's recollection, one, it's like yeah. they build up by accident, and then there's like a big womp. Reprimanding yeah. the worker. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Must see performance for me. I feel like Marianne was more used than a usual episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she had the must see performance. I'm going to go with Bob Denver. Bob Denver. Gillick. So we got Gilligan and Skipper. And I will go with uh, Lovey Howell. Wow. Even though I guess I'm the actually body saying double of Lovey Howell's body double. <laughs> body double. I don't know. I like, me. I like me some Howells. She had some funny lines, too. Yeah. I liked did. all of her stuff about, you yeah. know, just I want to be just being rich. Yeah. I, always, I also like that those two characters in particular have that kind of Saturday Night Live effect. Where it always looks like they're looking towards the front and reading cue cards. Yeah, yeah. They don't talk to each other. No, no. They are always talking out. I got that vibe a lot in this episode, though. I think there was something that Skipper was saying where I was like, his eye line, he's definitely, like, looking at something off camera. But then again, on this show, who knows what is off camera? Someone could be pouring a bunch of bubble juice into, like, a like (laughs) valley. Also, think, who knows how many episodes they've made that day. Yeah. yeah. They could have been burnt out third season. Jeez. You know. Uh, must other people see this episode of television? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Hey, it's on Amazon Prime, which I did not know until this morning. Uh, yeah. Watch it. Sure. Yeah. You know. If like, you want to see some creepy carrots. I, I feel like I, the vegetables are a draw. Yeah. And the time lapse of watching them grow is very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. We all oh, did. Yeah. We kind of all like groaned in like realization when the <laughs> vegetables grew. Because we it was oh. a time lapse where we don't, they haven't established time yet. So the time lapse could be like, wow, look, three months later, there's vegetables. Yeah, it's three days. <laughs> well, also, we all groaned when, so we all knew that Marianne had super sight. And then when the professor pointed out, like, she ate all those carrots, and we're oh. like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Now, we do you think it. do you think um, people in the '60s would groan like that when when they realized what was going on? Or... See, I don't know. Like that's the thing, because I do think that we have all these reactions because we are air quote intelligent TV. Like we've grown up with all these tropes. Yeah. Like we, this is our training wheels for us. We're you know, TV was such a more of a novelty. Back yeah, then. that like there's a lower bar. There's a lower bar for like a lower threshold to cross. It's yeah. like. Well, they all know they're they all know how to read lines. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there is real artists like Dick Van Dyke show is around this time, and that show is still holds up today, and is still like as you know nuanced, really great jokes, really great performances. And then you have this. So I mean, I think Gilligan's Island was also reviled in its time because it was. I think it also probably did still come across as campy as it does mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but also like this is a show for kids, so who cares? Yeah, maybe. You know what? Do we know that as a I show think, for kids? <sighs> I think... It's uh, definitely a romp. It was. Yeah. It definitely looks not meant to be taken seriously. No, 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 no. I do think it was for kids. I think the time... Of it, it airing at 7.30, definitely. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, one show before your 8 p.m. bedtime. Yeah. Okay. Because kids are lame and have to go to bed so yeah. early. Um, and your dinner of milk and peas. raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do kids eat in the 60s? I think butter. that's about it. Like butter on yeah. meat, butter, butter on raw steaks. That sounds uh, great. But also looking at the other shows, like both Andy Griffith Show and Family Affair tackled some serious shit. Like with the Family Affair Christmas episode that I watched is uh, the little girl who is like eight. Like this is a little girl. Befriends another little girl in her class who's gotten terminally ill. Aye. And it's played by Jam Brady. So Eve Plum. 
uh, before Brady Bunch. And so she's dying, and she's going to die before Christmas, and it's like October, so they decide to give her a Christmas in October. And the episode ends, and she dies. And that is the episode, that is the Christmas episode of Family Fair, is the uncle having to tell his niece, like, your friend uh, died. <laughs> So, uh, and that is a Merry uh, Christmas. That is a half hour of television that they put. So I don't see that happening on Gilligan's Island. So I think, like compared to that, you know, Gilligan's Island is definitely for kids. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a heavy ass episode. Like I watched it, and was just like that is upset because you see her like in the bed and she's just like I'm sick and <laughs> it's upsetting. We're definitely gonna do it on the podcast sometime. Um, let's turn to. The great uh, TV sitcom book, which is a big textbook size book from 1983 that has uh, entries for every single sitcom that aired between 1949 and 1983, including a whole bunch of ones that only lasted under a season. So tell me, ask, tell, give me a year between 1949 and 1983, and we will talk about one of those shows that did not last. Well, uh, I'll say 74. 74. 1974. Do you want to hear about Paper Moon, Paul Sand in Friends and Lovers, Sunshine, The Texas Wheelers, or We'll Get By? Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> John Denver wrote a song called Sunshine on My Yay. Shoulder. There you go. Which was the theme of this show, and also the dead wife's favorite song, which is how the show became Sunshine. And, well, basically, this was one of TV's first, and perhaps last, sobcoms. It was all about a brave young widower living in Vancouver who was trying to raise his daughter and make ends meet. His name was Sam Hayden, played by Cliff D. Young, and his wife had died of cancer, leaving him with Jill, Elizabeth Cheshire, her five-year-old daughter by a previous marriage. Are you following this? Are you guys following this? I'm uh, just laughing at the writing. Well, basically, this is the the last... The tone is great. Rick Mitz has great tone. Anyway, Sam was a composer, and along with his two buddies, Weaver, Bill Mummy, who, by the way, was on Lost in Space, Hmm. more tying it back, and Gibbets, Corey Fisher, his friends Weaver and Gibbets, he was a member of a singing trio... Sam and Jill had a very easygoing lifestyle, as it was called back then, and neighbors and friends were worried about the kids' welfare. Jill was always trying to find someone to marry her father so she'd have a mother and her daddy would be happy again. Helping Sam out was a friend and neighbor named Nora Meg Foster. But what Sam did not realize was that his sitcom, too, had a terminal disease. NBC sent this late-season entry straight to the emergency room. The Sunshine series of books, however, did quite well. It was based on a TV movie of the week. Wowza. Sob come. So, you know, all those people <laughs> criticizing uh, that guy who wrote a pilot based on uh, that Hey There Delilah, they need to back off. Back off. You know, they've, been, they've been writing pilots about songs. bad songs for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so it started as a TV movie and then became a show and then apparently spawned off a whole bunch of books, Book but the show series. sucked. That's weird. Wow. But also, this sounds a lot like a Full House. Like, you never think about the premise of Full House is a dude's wife... A widower. ...died in a car accident after just having a baby. Oh, my God. Michelle is not even a year old, I don't think. Well, she shouldn't have been stock car racing. Right? (laughs) 
And then his like two like friends move in to help his brother in law and friend. And then Fuller House, the spinoff, is her husband died in a fire. Oh, it's a firefighter. Shit. Wait, who? DJ's. DJ's. DJ's husband dies. So she's the Danny of yes. Fuller House. That's why Fuller House, Fuller House is just a map onto Fuller House, which is why oh. it's so. So, you know. So she's a widow. And the she's idea got of a, a bunch show of starring a widower is like, no, that's not a far fetched thing. Uh, not to us who grew up with that, at least. Yeah. With, yeah maybe, you know, without Sunshine, maybe we wouldn't have Fuller Would you guys watch a reboot? How would you revive Sunshine for now? Well, we gotta really put Sobcom at the forefront of this concept. I think the subtitle should be a Sobcom. A Sobcom. It's definitely Will Smith. And Willow Smith is looking... Well, young Willow Smith is looking for a wife (laughs) for her dad all the time. On it. That'd be a good movie. I'd be into that. Um, Didn't Will Smith have a movie recently where someone died and then... Yeah, and then the people on the bench were talking to him. Yeah, the movie's called something like Everything. Yeah, just called Redemption. Something like that. There's a movie where he thought he was going crazy, and then he started speaking, and she's like, "I don't have a name. I'm Truth." (sighs) I don't like that. Sobcom. So, well, isn't uh, isn't um, what's that new show? Isn't that a sobcom? You know the the good place. This is us. Yeah, this This is is us. us. Oh, but it's not a comedy. It's just a sob. It's just a sob. Sob. It's like a sobma, a sob mm-hmm. drama. Sob drama. Sob Which drama. all dramas? Sob drama. Drama sob. Dramas are just. Yeah, like sobcom makes it sound like it should be like. Is that like a sobbing comedy? Like what is sob has to be short for something. Sit yeah. is short for situation. I think sobcom is short for sobbing comedy. Sobbing comedy. Sober or a sobriety comedy. Cheers could be a sobcom. Yeah. No, that's a Norm is straight edge now. <laughs> He's got something to say to everyone. <laughs> Coming in with X's on the back of his yeah. hands all the time. Mm-hmm. That would rule. I would love to see New Metal Cliff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Straight God. edge Norm. Uh, and, uh, you know. Is straight edge Woody, always. Woody, Woody's all kid rocked out. Right. <laughs> is straight edge always Christian rock? No. No. Okay, because I was familiar with the Christian rock mm-hmm. slant of that. There's where they have crucifixes up. on the yeah. back of their hands. <laughs> yeah, and they just like, or they have the X's, but they always hold them at like a slant. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the Jesus, they were like Jesus rock kids who all like loved Taking Back Sunday and like, spree, like uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Like yeah. they like all the emo music, but they like the, like Pedro the Lion was a big one with them. Whoa. Um, anyway. The lion, which in the wardrobe, and that's Christ Jesus. is the, yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Pedro the Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe. Aslan the Lion is what that band should have been called. Ah. The first Sobcom is... The Bible. The Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So thank y'all for coming out and talking about Gilligan's Island and communism and Sobcoms with me. (laughs) Where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about Gilligan's Island or manifestos? (laughs) I am on Twitter and Instagram at Elena Doe. Elena, E-L-L-E-N-A-D-O-E. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, at Riley Soliner, or Twitter. I don't really use either of them very much, but hey, come say hi. You use them Insta stories. That's true, you know, I'll story it up. Yeah, rag on some later Strokes albums. That's right, yeah, come talk to me about the Strokes albums that people don't like to talk about. Angles. Angles, that's my Hell thing. Hell yeah. Come uh, Down come Machine. Come Down Machine. Yeah. Wait, Phrases for the Young. That's, the Julian that's a solo. I will talk about that album. That's at a good album. Yeah. 
Uh, what was Albert Hammond Jr.'s first album? It's called... Uh, was it Como... Tate? That's his second. His oh, first God. one is called... Oh, <laughs> shoot. What is his first one called? Uh, it's called like, something like going outside or like yeah. some, it's something stupid like uh, that. Taking uh, a walk. Taking a walk. It really cool. is something... Oh, man. <laughs> oh, we got to end this before I... <laughs> We're all so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Thanks! And that does it for another episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guests, Elena and Rally Soliner, for dropping by and talking about Gilligan's Island with me. Next time, I will be discussing the Dinosaurs episode, The Golden Child. The Golden Child is in Season 2 of Dinosaurs, and it is Episode 1 of Season 2 of Dinosaurs. You can stream Dinosaurs on Hulu. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Please tweet at me at, at MustHaveSeenTV, where you can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, at Must Have Seen TV, everywhere. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and at Brad White. Read the words that I write at decider.com. The theme song is Apollo Throwdown by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all of y'all for listening, and I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.